Joe Burrow and Jalen Ramsey give two major teams in the AFC some scares on the first week of training camp. We'll talk about that. Sean Payton opening up about the Broncos coaching and Jim Ursey's walking back his tweet about running backs. I'm your host, Chris Carter, my friend and coach, your boy Q. It's the Friday edition of the Locked On NFL podcast. Let's get into it. You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On NFL Podcast. We're your host, Chris Carter, your boy Q. I'm on Locked On Steelers. He runs Locked On Raiders. But we're here on a Friday just talking with you, dear NFL listeners and viewers, about training camp, which is now underway across the board in the NFL. Everyone's kind of reported in, getting things started and now we're starting to get the excitement from some of the teams getting to see some things. But we're also seeing some scares, Q. Remember, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed. Subscribe to this channel for all the daily Monday through Friday episodes that come out from all of our hosts, the Locked On Podcast Network. Q, the big news of the day on Thursday was that Joe Burrow went down, needed a cart to go off. Zach Taylor did come out and say it was a, it was a knee – or excuse me, a calf injury. Uh, so not a knee injury, which I guess – a calf injury can be a good sign, but it also just didn't look good when Joe Burrow came up limping because he wasn't touched, wasn't hit, wasn't anything. And oftentimes when when you when you see something like that, it's something bad. But uh, the calf injury, maybe it doesn't impact him too much, and it's something he can roll on for. How do, how do you see that playing out? Well, I'll tell you what. He put a scare in anybody who's an NFL fan, right? Anybody yeah. who, who wants to see him out there, and we know how competitive the Cincinnati Bengals are. Uh, I've talked about them many times. They're the second-best team in the AFC, in my opinion, You know, right behind the Kansas City Chiefs, and then there's a distance third between them and the Buffalo Bills, just my opinion. But, you know, when he goes down non-contact, everybody thinks the worst. Uh, the one thing I'll say, even though Zach Taylor said it's a, you know, calf strain and it sounds like he escaped any kind of major injury, the part that concerns me, Chris, and this is training camp and we know how the NFL is and this is why I never begrudge any player that wants to get as much money as possible because you just never know what's going to happen. Look, this guy's on the verge of landing a monster contract. You just saw what Justin Herbert got. So he really technically doesn't even have to be out there. He could be sitting out and saying, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to sit out so I get my contract, and he's not. He's out there participating with his guys, but he goes down with the non-contact injury, and you think the worst. He already had a sleeve on his calf because he had a sore calf from mm. the day before of practice. So that concerns me right there. I immediately start to get thoughts. As a Warriors fan, I go back to KD when he was playing against the the Raptors in the, in the finals or when he was running mm. with the Warriors in the playoffs, and he goes out with a – calf injury and then mm. you know he goes out for a while and misses a few games and then when he returns everything is all good until it's not right and so look right. I'm not trying to put anything any bad juju into the air I'd never do that but that's what it reminded me as a warrior fan when I see that and they are and they say well he had a sleeve on his calf because he had he had calf soreness from the day before I immediately think the worst so um, what I'm hoping the Bengals do and of course I'm not on their medical staff I'm not uh, covering them I, I don't know you know we'd have to reach out to a lot on Bengals and, and get a little bit more idea, but I'm hoping that they shut him down. I hope they shut him down for training camp. Let him just go ahead and heal up. Uh, he can do some work off to the side. He can, you know, he can do whatever he needs to do to be ready, but uh, they're a Super Bowl contender as long as Joe Burrow's behind center, and they are not if he's not. 
And uh, meanwhile, uh, a guy who is going to be sitting out is Jalen Ramsey. He tore his meniscus uh, during during a practice. It seems is it me or is there a dark cloud that just hangs over the Miami Dolphins? I don't know. I, I feel like Jalen Ramsey kind of gets banged up quite a bit. Uh, but yeah, the Dolphins they have some kind of uh, you know they have a little bit of bad juju when it comes to to injuries. Of course, the Chargers end up with that kind of situation as well. There's a bunch of teams, but it's just it's just training camp. I mean, he's running with Tyreek Hill. You know, iron sharpens iron, and uh, you know they get their legs tangled up. And uh, I thought it was all bad, like really, really bad when uh, you know when he first first went down and, and they carted him off. And I'm thinking knee injury. I'm thinking torn ACL, and it doesn't come out to be that, but torn meniscus. And so once they have the surgery, apparently they're going to decide if he's going to you know if they're just going to clip off the area that's that's uh, you know torn. Or if they're going to repair the whole thing. If they repair the whole thing, he's not coming back until at least December. Maybe he misses mm-hmm. the whole season. Uh, if they just clip off the, the torn part, uh, you know, then he'll maybe miss six to eight weeks. So that'll be right around the beginning of the season. But, uh, yeah, it's just all bad, man. They went out and made the move for Jalen Ramsey to team him up with Xavier Howard. You're thinking they're going to have a dynamic duo with the you know, one-two punch with the cornerbacks. And all of a sudden, one guy goes down. So regardless, he's out until at least you know, December, most likely, uh, if they do a full repair on it. So that's the majority of the season. Uh, you know, and if they don't do a full repair, it's still a concern because you don't want him to re-aggravate it, right? I mean, it's just one of those one of right. those things. So I'm thinking, and this is just my gut feeling. Again, we'll find out later on. Uh, he's getting that surgery today, but uh, we'll find out what they're going to eventually do. I just think it makes more sense to just go ahead and repair it and get it over with, so they don't have to worry about re-aggravating it uh, in the long run when it's least expected. Let's put it like that. No, I hear you on that. I want to pose something to you that was posed by a friend of the show who's been on the show with us, Tyler, uh, our friend. Uh, uh, not Tyler. We're not get. We're not. We're not having you put any. No, I might as well say his name because you're gonna throw it out there that I was talking trash. So I might as well go ahead and shout him out. What up, Tyler? What's up, dog? All right. He he, he sees through your lies. <laughs> Anyways, um, if you remember Doctor Diol, Doctor yep. Harmon Diol, who was who yep. was with us, he actually reached out to me because he's a good friend, and he was like, "Hey, man, hydrate." And he was because it is hot. It yep. is hot everywhere. It's yep. the hottest month on human record. All that stuff. And we are out here in the sun cooking, watching these guys cook. But here's the thing. We're watching them right. go through these drills. They're going through it. And he was like, hey, man, hydrate because you don't want you don't know when you know when you're going to twist something or pull something. And he said, honestly, I'm not surprised to see all these players going down because it wasn't just these guys. There were players across the board that were experiencing just tweaks, just didn't know what was going on. Right. And it makes me wonder with this extreme heat, should it hold up through August? Does it put more big name players at risk who who try to make plays during training camp? I mean, I think it puts everybody at risk, to be honest. You know, I just think that training camp is risky, right? I mean, it's just it's one of those situations. I mean, that's always the big concern when I'm covering uh, the Raiders, you know, during training camp. I'm always watching, you know, when a guy goes down, make sure he bounces right back up. That's why you always hear the guys stay up, stay up, stay up. They don't want him to go to the ground because they don't want to even have that that risk, run that risk. And there's it's always inevitable. Somebody's going to get injured. Uh, You just hope that, you know, the majority of your guys, especially your big time players, not your Jalen Ramsey's not your Joe Pearls. You definitely don't want to be missing those guys. You want to hope that your your big-time players uh, make it through training camp because, again, man, it's just – I mean, you're one play away, regardless if you get hit or not. I mean, again, Joe Burrow went down with a non-contact uh, injury, so I think that the Heat has something to do with it. I think that they've been off for a couple months has something to do with it. You know, I, there's just uh, there's a lot. It's it's football right. has has something to do with it as well. So I mean, it's just. It's the nature of the beast. Like I said, uh, you know, there's fans that get mad when these guys hold out for their money. And I can't believe this guy's being so greedy. He's getting $10 million. You know what $10 million would do? Hey, man, look, these guys are one play away 
for their career being over, their season being over, whatever the mm-hmm. case is. So mm-hmm. I don't begrudge any player to get as much as they want. Now, I'll say this, side note, if they, you know, every single year say, hey, you know, I've outplayed my contract, you need to re-up it. Then I was like, all right, dog, look, look, you need to work something out so you, you know, you're good for the next two, mm-hmm. three years, right? But as long right. as they don't keep going back to the well each and every year, I'm fine with that. I hear you on that. I want to talk about some of the the things that have been said by coaches and owners recently around the league. We'll get to Sean Payton, who opened up on the Broncos' recent failures under Nathaniel Hackett. We'll get to that that more here on the Locked On NFL podcast. Stick with us, Chris Carter, your boy Q. But first, I want to remind you that this show is brought to you by eBay Motors. Now, eBay Motors are our partners, and they've teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football with host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks all each week, all season long. Whether you're preparing for a draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week they're gonna give they're gonna provide you with players that are guaranteed fits for your roster. So with a with draft pep underway. For the upcoming season, let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. When the top tier, uh, top tier of quarterbacks is off the board in fantasy football and drafts in 2023, then there's another line of luxury passers and runners who are guaranteed to fit your starting lineups every week. One of them is Bears' Justin Fields who started rolling out of the garage last season and is bound up, bound to jump into the fast lane this season. This time, on top of his huge rushing total, Fields can deliver improved stats within the air with DJ Moore now leading Chicago's wide receiving core. With eBay's guaranteed fit, they give you over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips. You can make sure your your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shock struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it. And they'll make sure it's the right fit for you because eBay guaranteed fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because now you know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go with eBay. Guaranteed fit. Everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay. Guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back here in the Locked On Studio, or Locked On NFL podcast. Why are you trying to to bogart the show, man? Why are you trying to steal the show? Hey, 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 chill out. Locked On NFL, man. See how he does me? He tries to he tries to to coerce me to get hey, on the Locked On Steelers show. You you always wear Raiders emblems on this show. I never wear Steelers nothing on this show. It's, it's my job. I cover the Steelers too. What you talking about? I know, but it's my job. I'm I'm, I'm literally working. I, I just came from the radio station. That's why it says Raider Nation Radio 920. Look look, I, I can't even find it. There it is. Look, it's a radio hey, station. You can't, you Raider can't Nation Radio. I know because I'm looking I'm looking backwards at the screen. You do that. It's like looking in the mirror, but sideways. So you figure it out. I don't even know what that means. Oh, look. It's my forehead. Boom. That was so easy. All right. Well, <laughs> Mr. Cheney University, great. Lucky for you. Yeah, yeah the first HBCU. Yeah, that's, that's what we learned there is, is learn where our bodies are on camera. Anyways, let's get back to the point at point handy. <laughs> that's a good Let's get back to twist. the point Yeah, hand, no hand doubt. Hand. I want to talk, talk about the Sean Payton stuff because – 
he basically just flamed his predecessor, Nathaniel Hackett. Now, here's here's the thing. Sean Payton ain't wrong about Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, that that was, I mean, the legendary week one against the against the Seahawks when just you just see Eli Manning and Peyton Manning. And I forget who the who else was the guest on that on that show, but them just be like, call a timeout, <laughs> call a timeout. Why aren't they calling? Why are they doing this? And then they lose the game and they're like, they didn't need to do any of that. It just right. didn't, it didn't need to need, need to happen. Uh, but 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 uh, Sean Payton calling out calling out what it is and uh, and it was reported at the early part of training camp for the Broncos saying everything I heard about last season we're doing the opposite. Uh, oh man, there's so much dirt around that. There's 20 dirty hands for what was allowed, tolerated in the uh, the training rooms, the meeting rooms, the offense. I don't know Hackett. I know a lot of people had dirt on their hands. It wasn't just Russell. He didn't just flip. He still has it. The BS that he hit a wall, shoot, they couldn't get a play in. They were 29th in the league in pre-snap penalties on both sides of the ball. So he's trying to like, you know, not pin it all on Nathaniel Hackett. He's trying to point that it was it was a combined effort here. But Q, oftentimes when it's talking about that is often the case when when the worst teams it's not just a coach it's an entire organization right. and that might be a message to i think the broncos that's like hey we're not having any of that when i'm here john payton he's a super bowl champion he brought the saints up made them a serious contender he is not trying to wait around while the organization is slow and incompetent and making and making mistakes if he's trying to pass the buck around of who's responsible for what I think that uh, I get the kind of message there, but uh, Sean Payton, after the way he exited New Orleans, makes me wonder how that's even going to play out uh, for for the for the Denver Broncos if he can actually flip all the things and change stuff in just a year's time. Well, of course he's going to go and go scorched earth on Nathaniel Hackett, and and as you mentioned, I mean it's well deserved. Nathaniel Hackett was a terrible head coach, and Denver was terrible for hiring him. They only hired him because they thought they were going to get twelve. I mean, look, I don't care what anybody says. Uh, shout out to my mm-hmm. guy Cody Rourke, locked on Broncos. Uh, I guarantee you, that's why they hired Nathaniel Hackett. They thought number twelve was going to follow him. He did not. Now number twelve did follow Nathaniel Hackett to New York with the Jets. So there's that. Which but is crazy, by right? The way. But I mean. There, it is what it is, right? I mean, there's the situation is that Nathaniel Hackett uh, did not have any kind of authority. He let Russell Wilson right. do whatever he wanted to do. He let Russell Wilson's Big homeboys. Mistake. They let him do everything, right? That's a huge mistake. You've got to have some kind of accountability. You've got to make people, you know, responsible. And and, he, and Russell Wilson needed to be humbled. Well, in comes Sean Payton. He's humbled him. And on top of this, by going out there and really throwing all this uh, shade at Nathaniel Hackett and talking so bad about him, He's also trying to save what he still has. Nathaniel Hackett don't matter. So he could dog the right. hell out of him because he's in New York. I'll say the one mistake that Sean Payton made was going after New York and talking about the Jets. Like, that's not that doesn't matter. Uh, go ahead and handle your business, right? Don't don't worry about right. them. Worry about your house because your house is still really messy. So you got to clean mm-hmm. that up. But I'll give him credit for trying to clean up his house and, 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 and give Russell Wilson some confidence by saying, hey, it wasn't all on Russell. There was this, that, and the other was going on. So, look, he's trying to save this guy who's got a large – contract so you know trying to give him some confidence so I totally understand the approach that he's taking again he's not wrong uh, I'm not mad at the at the at the tone that he gave I just think it was a mistake that he you know even brought up the New York Jets because all of a sudden now it looks like he's almost you know jealous because of all right. the attention that they're getting when as opposed he should have just said hey Nathaniel Hackett sucked he was a terrible coach uh, this this organization was ran badly now that he's gone the stink is is gone and and we'll be good to go from here what they did last year we're not doing and we're going to be a playoff team and left it at that so 
you know, like I said, yeah. about seventy five percent of the operation he did correctly. Uh, the other twenty five he failed. I, I feel you on that. And, and sometimes there's temperaments that we don't that we're not privy to in the media about how things play out. But this is part of what I think comes comes with working in the media and trying to talk to these guys and get in locker rooms and, and understand stories. You start to understand those those perspectives because you under start you start to understand those events that happened that led up to what uh what what you know what led to the the Broncos being who they were, why they were where they were. I, I went through a similar change here in Pittsburgh uh, covering Pitt basketball. They went from Kevin Stallings, who just tanked the program, which was so proud when he took it over. And then Jeff Capel had to rebuild it from the ground up. He's in, and it was, it was similar. He talked about how like in the, in the, 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 uh, the film watching rooms, they had like movie lounges with like popcorn. And it's like, that's not what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be focused, attentive, not laid back and relaxed yeah. while we're going over this stuff. And I can only imagine all the things that Hackett was having to deal with and uh, it's it's just it's a rough situation. Um, and I think that Sean Payton even recognizes that, like, yeah, like, you know, we're going to I'm not going to disrespect this man. I'm not going to say that he can't he should never get a job again. But I Sean mean, he Payton might as well have. He might as well basically said he that, might as though. well have. You right. know, he, 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 he tried he, to say he tried to save it. But at the bottom line, I think Sean Payton was like, y'all need to understand I am going through a complete overhaul, not of right. this roster, but of how this team operates. And that is a serious challenge to change culture. Yeah, no doubt, and that's his job, and that's why uh, you know they gave him a lot of money, and that's why they gave up the draft capital to go get him, right? I mean, they had to make the trade to go get him from New Orleans, so uh, that that was the scenario. So he's got a lot of work that he's got to do. I think everyone understands that. I do believe that Denver is going to be a better team. I don't think they're a playoff team this year. I think that that's lofty goals, and that's fine. I don't mind you having goals, but he's got two things that he has to do. One, he has to save Russell Wilson. He's got to fix Russell Wilson. If not, then he's got to make a decision on what he's going to do there. But also, by letting everybody know how bad of a situation it was and how much of a, a, a you know a overhaul he's got to do and how much he's got to change the culture he's also trying to give himself a little bit of a wiggle room too so if I don't get it done right away you know why because it's an absolute mess so I mean he's he's throwing some messages out there without directly saying them Russell I'm gonna save you and I'm also gonna give myself an extra lifeline just in case this takes a little bit longer than I expected because well it was a really big mess that Nathaniel Hackett left and and on top of that like I said He's not wrong. Nathaniel Hackett was terrible. There's a reason why he didn't make it through the whole season. Uh, I mean, after game one, everyone knew that, okay, this is going to be a failed experiment, and it was. But, you know, Seattle, you got to give them credit. They got rid of Russell Wilson probably a year uh, early, you know, because mm-hmm. he clearly, they saw something why they were willing to move on from him, and it's proven to be right. You know, I say that they moved on from him a year early. Maybe they didn't because he was terrible, right? But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they, they they just they knew what they were doing when they got rid of him, and I was really surprised by that because it's very rare that you see a franchise quarterback get traded when, well, he still has plenty left, and I thought Russell Wilson was still in his prime. What we saw last year was everything but prime. I hear you on that. I want to flip topics here to a comment given by Jim Ursey, owner of the Colts. <laughs> and it uh, he kind of stepped in it with the running back conversation. And uh, he had to clarify some things because the Colts have a pretty good running back on their roster who's probably wants to get paid. So uh, I want to talk about that situation, all the elements there. We'll do that here on the Locked On NFL Podcast. Chris Carter, your boy Q, the Friday edition. We'll be right back. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back here on the Locked On NFL Podcast, Friday edition with Chris Carter and your boy Q. Q, 
we just got done talking about Sean Payton. Let's talk about Jim Irsey, though, because <laughs> he had some, th- some some things to say. Jim Irsey, of course, owner of the Indianapolis Colts, and really felt like he stepped in it with this tweet that he sent out. Of course, the, it, this was about the running back situation in the NFL. Uh, a lot of running backs have band together to talk about you know how they're being devalued as a position and they're not being paid. And uh, you know some of us suggested that they should renegotiate. The the uh, to get new payment p- payment uh, grades for running backs because of their shelf life and how they're being treated in the NFL. Jim Irsey then tweet you know, tweeted out NFL running back situation. We have a negotiated a CBA that took years of effort and hard work and compromise in good faith by both sides. To say now that a specific player category wants another negotiation after the fact is inappropriate. Some agents are selling bad faith, and then to which. In uh, in response, by the way, the Jonathan Taylor, one of those running backs, by the way, uh, who uh, he who are, wants to get paid and he plays for Jim Irsay's Colts and one of the better running backs in the NFL. His John Taylor's agent re- reached out uh, Malcolm Kawa and said and said bad faith is not paying your top offensive player, which he has a very interesting point there. Um, and Jim Mercy, you know, was trying to walk it back. He said that comment wasn't about Jonathan. We haven't exchanged any contract numbers or anything like that. So he's trying to make sure that it wasn't like a thing on Taylor. But uh, realistically here, Q, this is a situation where the NFL owners, they hold, they've always held all the power. Like as much as the players, until the players completely strike as a group for a long period of time and, and force the owners to lose out on billions of dollars, that I don't see the, the anything changing here, um, but uh, as far as as far as how how this how the the CBA was negotiated, I get Ursi's point about the system that they have, but I think the running backs' point is whatever the system is, it's not right with how we're being treated. Because as uh, Jonathan Taylor's agent pointed out, if they're the best player on the field, shouldn't they get paid the money they deserve? Yeah, the system is broken. Uh, I I don't blame organizations for not wanting to pay running backs. And look, you're in Pittsburgh. You're going to have to go through this situation pretty soon with Najee Harris. Harris. No doubt about it, right? He's one of the better running backs in the league. And if he carries the ball 300 times and he leads the league in rushing, guess what? All of a sudden, now his value has gone down because he's got so much wear and tear on his body. So, I mean, it's 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 a gift and a curse. You can be great. You can be a workhorse. But all of a sudden, you have no value where a wide receiver can go for 1,500 yards, a quarterback can throw for 5,000 yards, and he's the greatest thing ever. So uh, the system is broken when it comes to the running back position. Now, with that being said, the CBA is set. But where Jim Irsay is wrong is he's the owner of a team. Don't be on Twitter and put out anything. Shut your mouth. Just sit back and let it ride. Worry about it behind closed doors. We don't have to know what you're thinking. Even if you're thinking it, that's fine. Making us aware of what you're thinking is wrong because you know what you did? Yeah, we're talking about you, but you know who else is talking about you? Your star player's agent, right? Mm-hmm. And they're trying to get a contract done. There's a reason why Jonathan Taylor is not participating in training camp right now. He's there, but he's not right. working, right? And there was a time when everyone in Indianapolis thought he was going to be out there playing, and nobody said anything about him holding out or looking for a contract extension. Then all of a sudden, he ended up on the pup list. It's like, wait, hold on. What injury does he have? 
No, he doesn't. He doesn't have an injury. He's trying to get a contract. What's injured is going to be the relationship between Irsay and Taylor if they don't figure something out. So, you know, you don't have to be that owner. You don't have to be that guy that's out there in the in the open and, and always trying to get the attention. And, you know, I, I, I make fun of Jerry Jones, and I'm not even going to break into my Jerry Jones voice, but I, I make fun of him all the <laughs> time because he's always out in the open and he's always speaking. Well, Jim Irsay does the same thing, but at least Jerry is, you know, Jerry. Jim Irsay decides he wants to really – Step in, and there's no reason for that. Like, for example, I'm in Las Vegas. I cover the Raiders. Josh Jacobs is not at camp. He hasn't signed his contract. You know, when mm-hmm. he was asked about it, we've asked, uh, you know, Josh McDaniels many times about it. We've asked other players about it many times. But everyone just, well, I respect the, you know, I respect the stance that he's taking, and, you know, we're hoping that he's here sooner rather than later. Regardless what they're thinking, that's what they're saying. That's mm-hmm. the answer that they're saying. They're not saying, well, you know, there's a CBA and it was negotiated and it's bad business that he's not trying to negotiate. Why would you say that and put that out there like that? You don't need to put that out in the universe. So Jim Mercer is all the way wrong. And so when he all of a sudden tries to back backpedal and say, oh, well, I wasn't talking about Jonathan Taylor. No, you absolutely were. Because you know why? He's a running back. He wants yeah. to get paid. So, yes, you are talking about him. Directly or indirectly, you messed up. And when it comes to Jim Mercer, doesn't surprise me that he messed up. He's messed up a lot in his time. Right. There's there's, there's been so many episodes of just him putting his foot in his mouth. And I certainly think that that's what happened again here. But I I just I also look at this and and it it makes me wonder, like, man, like, will there ever come a point when the owners go too far with this situation? Will there ever be a point where, like, they poke the bear enough with the players, that the players take action and actually do something to force their hand? What can they do? Strike. That's the it's the only thing like I I know that right and and your face is how I feel about that is that they're not going to do that because like you know we're seeing what's going on with like SAG after with the with the the writer strike and the actors and everything and how they're going up against Hollywood and there's some strikes out there that are working like the UPS strike uh, that 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 just succeeded. You know why the strike a strike won't work? Let me tell you why a strike won't work because quarterbacks are getting paid, wide receivers are getting paid, edge rushers are getting paid. Offensive yep. linemen are getting paid, right? I mean, yep. you, you see the theme here? Running backs aren't getting paid. Linebackers, and, mo- some of them are getting paid. Not a lot of them. Safeties aren't getting paid. But the, the majority of the players around the league are getting paid, and, and ownership is making a lot of money. And here's the other part of that is that there are so many people who aren't getting paid, who but are, who are getting paid a little bit, right. but they know that their window is three to four years. Right. And if they sit out a year or two because they're on strike – that's the that's the shot that they built their whole lives to get yep. to make you know uh, generational wealth for their family and they're throwing it out the window for a, a good cause and everything. Um, and, and again, it's something that maybe they can get paid dividends back on. But that's just the odd position that they're in there. That's why the strike has never worked in the NFL because the, the the players that make the big bucks they want to keep making the big bucks. The right. players that don't make the big bucks they want to make what bucks look, they, they can before their career is up. Look and how that's quickly tough, that's a tough group to unify. Look how quickly Tony Pollard signed his franchise tag. As soon as they yep. gave it to him, he signed it. You know why? Because he ain't never made ten million dollars. So that's a lot of money. It's like me. If I got an offer for $10 million, I'm signing it. Well, Q, do you know what you signed? No, but it said $10 million, so I'm good. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, that's what he did. And look how quickly Saquon Barkley changed his mind. Right? I might sit out. I might do this. I might do that. Hey, Saquon, we'll put $900,000 on, on top, and we'll give you a $2 million signing bonus uh, You know, out of, that, out of that $10 million. All right, cool. Where do I sign? Done. And he was the first one at camp. 
He was there before mm-hmm. Brian Dayball was. He was there before Daniel Jones was. He was there before mm-hmm. Darren Waller. He was there before in, insert any player. He was the first swing and D in the facility, and he was the one talking about he might not show up. So, mm-hmm. you know, that is just not going to work because those guys, Ryan Clark said it best on ESPN. Yeah, they had a Zoom call. All the running backs got together on a Zoom call and decided what they're going to do. He's like, yeah, it's great that they're communicating, but unless they all band together and get uncomfortable and stick to it and don't and don't you know change your mind, it's not going to work. And who was the first one to bail out? Saquon Barkley. So, yep, it's just not going to happen. There's too many people it, like me that are in the league that are hungry, and you know, and, and there's there's not enough stars that would say, yeah, I'm willing to sit out. You know, it's not going to happen. Like Christian McCaffrey, he might have been on that Zoom call, but guess what? He ain't sitting out. He ain't sitting out. Nope. No, he's getting his money. So he's getting his money and he wants to keep getting his money. It's just the position that they're in. Um, as much as running backs do have a point. Yeah. You know, some of them are the best do. players on their team. Some of them are, yep. are, are the most important players in the NFL. But when it comes to the leverage, the owners have it right now. And the, the, the only way that they would ever lose that leverage is if the player did something drastic. But like you said, I don't know if they just have if they have the, the ability to pull that to pull that off. Nope. Um, but with all that said, We'll still see how things play out with the running back future. I'm sure, like you said, like in Pittsburgh, that clock is ticking on on the Najee Harris question, yep. and Najee Harris even spoke about it pretty passionately, uh, you know, in front in front of us when he reported to camp, but wouldn't address his own contract. And I'd say it's a wise thing because you don't know what's ever gonna what, what's gonna happen down the line. But like right now, he was he was like, yeah, this is crazy. Like you got guys that close out games, guys that win you big games, and, and all of a sudden they don't get with the you know get the pay yeah. from from that even though that they're making everyone else money so certainly a big question certainly one that won't go away we'll keep we'll keep up to date with all the other updates uh along well as long as well as the training camp updates now that everyone is back in training camp we're getting things going we're, we're finally you're smelling the fresh cut grass you're getting ready for football you're ready for that excitement so we will have you here covering all of the nfl training camps and the big stories coming out of the nfl right here on the Locked On NFL Podcast. Q, let people know they can find you, follow you, get more of your work. On Twitter, at your boy Q254. I guess it's X now, right? It's not really Twitter anymore, but whatever. whatever. Call it what yeah, you want to call it. Twitter. Yeah, I call it Twitter. Uh, I still use TweetDeck, so there's that, whatever you want to call it. I send out tweets. I don't send out Xs. That'd be kind of weird, huh? Hey, I'm going to send out an X. Yeah. I don't think the wife would be too happy without that. What do you mean you're sending nope. out an X? <laughs> Nope. Anyway, funny joke I have. Uh, yeah, at your boy Q254, you can find Locked On Raiders, Locked On NFL, Locked On Bets, whatever I'm doing, at your boy Q254. How about you, Chris? I'm Chris Carter. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. You can read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, where I do all things Pitt Athletics, and I also do the North Shore Drive podcast there, uh, covering all things Pittsburgh sports. You can also find me on the Locked On Steelers podcast, just like you found Q on, on Locked On Raiders and the Locked On NFL podcast, all your favorite podcasting apps, and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed. Subscribe to this channel for all of our daily episodes Monday through Friday. Back again next week. We'll be on Friday, but do, do stick with us. Kevin Ostriker's back Monday. Give an action pack update. Who knows? Maybe we know a little bit more about Joe Burrow and how his situation is playing out for the Bengals. Stick here right with us on the Locked On NFL podcast as we move forward.